there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. We are here talking about energy yes. and humans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you just tell me, first of all, how did you come to your current line of work? How, how did you come to be traveling around to hotels and talking to people all around the world about their energy? Well, I mean, I guess it started when I, was, when I was much younger, when I indirectly got struck by lightning. You don't know this. And um, I think I was 16. And then it just started this questioning. Um, I was always born with a huge bandwidth of belief. I was raised Christian, and so when I had this experience, it just started shifting my idea over, and I started questioning a lot more. And it wasn't until I think I was 21 or 22, I went to see a psychic with my friends, and she told me I'm a clairsentient, and I do this and this and this. So I was like, oh, what does this mean? And I just started going down this road, and as I said, that's when I started playing with crystals and cards and angels, and I think over time, I became confident in certain things. Like, I, I wish I used crystals as much as what I used to. I used to have tons. I used to meditate with them on my body and everything. Um, but through, and when I was living in Bali, I met the right people who just kind of helped me be more confident in what I do. And then with that, I've learned for me, it's very much helping people understand themselves. That, that sense of, of self-realization, because I think that's the true meaning of life. Who's the person looking back at you in the mirror? And then when I was living in Hong Kong, someone had said, oh, maybe working in hotels would be a really good idea because my work is very present, encapsulating. I'm really very present with my, with, with my guests. And so that, yeah, the hotel really works quite well. How does it feel when you have a knowing about someone? What, does, how does, what form does that take? Well, I like the metaphor, if you've always seen the sky as a color pink, you assume everyone else sees it that way. Uh, the sky is blue. Um, but I've always had the sense when I look at someone, I feel extra information around them. And I thought everyone else could do that. I thought that was normal. Yeah, you thought that was normal. I thought it was normal. And so when I was living in Bali, no, when I went to see the psychic, uh, when I was still in South Africa, she told me all these different things. And then I was like, and I remember one of the things she said, like, oh, but you feel things right now. Why don't you say anything? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I felt some stuff there and this and there. Like, is that something? And so she really questioned me in terms of you have this. Why don't you do anything about it? I am not always on and I'm very grateful about that. So I have to switch myself on to read someone. Um, sometimes stuff does come through very strongly so it just depends on maybe how calm my mind is where my focus is or how strong the energy is that, that, is, that, that comes through and then it's just been me learning I always say it's like, a, like a, sheet of, a transparent sheet that I see you and then the sheet that goes on top and learning okay what is it just you and what is this extra sheet and all this inf extra information that goes with it are you able to use this in your personal life to your advantage? <laughs> The doctor can't perform heart surgery on themselves. Okay. So I um, I do use it in my personal life to an extent, but at the same time, I then get muddled because I'm like, oh, 
this is me or this is my head, where if it's just an individual that's external, uh, I can be quite impartial. But if it was also to be like my lover, it is quite, because now it's very personal, so I can get my personal stuff gets involved as well. When you are working with all these humans in different parts of the world, are there any commonalities or what are the commonalities that you see? I mean, a lot of it is self-love. Um, it's very much this self-love, self-care and looking inside of oneself. As I said, for me, the meaning of life is who's the person looking back at you in the mirror. And so we don't take the time. And I think that's a big part is I give a lot of space, a lot of uh, enveloping space for people to really to connect with themselves. And again, the main thing is people are looking for something. They're searching. And that, that's more the thing. But the thing is they don't realize that what they're searching for is themselves. And that you can go and go and go and go, but the thing that you've actually been looking for is right here with you. We just don't give ourselves that space. Okay. Is there something that everyone needs to know about their energy? That everyone needs to know. Is there uh, something you tell almost everyone in your session? No. No, I, I think my, I mean, something that comes up and I mean, I can also see it with myself is that we do live in a very insta world. Um, and that that's something that's becoming even more and more important lately is that we do disconnect. Um, and maybe that actually that is something which I would say is that we are so involved in the washing machine of the world that we have right now. If you look at everything that's happening globally and what's on the news, I mean, it's like the last five years have been hectic. Like our, our parents had like one crisis and we've had five in the last five years. So it really shows that we're so involved in everything that's happening in this continuation that the biggest part is this ability to disconnect. Because one of my favorite sayings is to stand in the, the, the storm of your life and hear the silence of eternity moving through you. And that's something we should all be able to, to do because that's pure meditation is that ability to disconnect to just surrender and flow in some way and then gain some peace and clarity that you can then take back into this storm of life and that will give you a lot more confidence, clarity, certainty and energy. Connecting to this source and you know there's a lot of confusion about religions these days but we're hearing more and more about connecting to the source. What is what is that? Because I don't think a lot of people even know what that means or how it feels or how you do it. How you do it is, is a big question. Um, connecting to source is connecting to pure positive energy. And, and this is where I don't believe in a singular truth. I believe that there are many truths with a small t. Um, and it is your ability to, to disconnect from whatever story that you have. I have my story, you have yours. I have my experience, you've had yours. We, we look at life through very different colored glasses. And this ability to connect to sources, to connect to a singular pure positive force. Now, inside of the realm of religion, if you're Christian, it is God. And we all have the same idea of God because there's a book. The Quran is a book. Every religion, and it really describes what this pure positive force is. I live outside of a realm of religion, so I just take what I like from what makes sense to me. But I still also connect to the point that it's beyond story. Because again, we're in this human body, we have all of these different experiences, we have all of these different ideas, but what does it really mean? And that's why this connecting to source is connecting to a place that is greater than you. Um, I always say, as human beings, we must believe in something greater than ourselves. When you're born, there are adults, there are trees, elephants are bigger than us. This is Dubai, Abu Dhabi, there are very big buildings. So inherently, there must be something greater than us. 
is built into us. So that connecting to something that's great to yourself, that gives you peace, that gives you tranquility, that loves you exactly the way that you are, irrespective of what you do, is powerful. And if we could do that every day, how different would we behave and how different would we react? You, you suggested I look in the mirror every day and yeah. say, I love you, Amory. And that was, that's really hard to do. But that's the thing. We don't, we don't take the time to really sit with ourselves. We, we, and, and we don't take the time to really connect with ourselves. We, we wake up, we're on our phone, we go up, we do things, we meet people, we engage in all these different things. And when do you actually stop? And when you stop and you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, I've got a pimple. Oh, look at the lines. I've gray hair. I don't have any hair. But, uh, but you, you see everything that's negative about yourself versus like, oh, you are so sexy and beautiful and you are doing a great job and I'm really proud of you and you are phenomenal and you are strong and you're confident and you're a wonderful human being and I, you could not be any better and everyone loves you and you are successful and you are brave and you are strong. Like... Do we say these things to ourselves? And I'm kind of feeling it myself right now. Like I also needed to hear that. But we we don't do that. We don't. And that's why it's such a simple exercise. Not many of my clients do it. It, it, it. Some of them do and they know how powerful it is. But also sometimes I say to them, just put the phone, put the, take the phone, five minutes, put it to the side and just look at yourself. Don't even say anything. Like that's already a step and you're sighing as I say that. So it, it's a big step. And that's the thing. If, if we can't even give that presence to ourselves, how do we go to something greater than ourselves? Well, there's a lot of confusion and discussion about manifestation. Mm-hmm. Um, you used you, The last time I saw you, you kept talking about it. It's the same energy to manifest a diamond as it is a chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Can you just, it, just give us your take on manifesting? Well, manifestation is, I, I like saying, we are tiny and insignificant. When it comes to the universe and what is capable, we are insignificant. Because if all of us have had experiences where when we are at the end of it and we look back, we're like, I could not have imagined that. I could not have planned that out, like how that made that person, this happened, how it all just seemed to have fallen into place. And that's why I say we are insignificant because we don't see the big picture. We don't see all the misconnections, the person you could have met that you would have met that would have, would have, were all these different things. And so our responsibility is always to be very clear over what it is that we want. Um, I believe that it is our heart that guides us in terms of the things that we want. We are here to want, we are here to experience this human life. Otherwise we would just float off into the ethers. We are here to experience, we are here to grow because that's how the universe is expanding and growing because we are feeding that energy. So it's important for us to know and to be clear over what is that we want and to believe in it and then to let go. Because it's when we are actively trying to create, we're forcing the situation, we're, we're trying, if you throw enough mud against the wall, some of it will stick versus saying, I want this and I put this out into the universe and you have the word trust, you have the word surrender, you have the word letting go, but you surrender yourself to a greater power in that knowing that this will come to you with full certainty and it will. Because the universe is always only ever conspiring to give us what we want, but we're the one that's standing in the way with what limiting beliefs we have, with how we think about ourselves, with what experiences have taught us. 
So is it about creating a feeling of what it is you want to have in yeah. your body? But I mean, it, it's, it's about having clarity. Like that's also the biggest thing. Like I love giving people a pen and I say, this is a magic wand. What do you want? A lot of them don't know. So we not only go through life feeling what we feel, but then we also don't have exact clarity over what is it that we want. So when we have that clarity and that certainty, then you start focusing on it. And so we, we've all heard of vision boards, but they are very powerful. You have affirmations. They are very powerful. The more you think of something, the more you believe in it, the more it becomes reality. If you're constantly shouting to the universe, I want this, I want this, I want this, this is true. For my life, this is true. The universe must comply. It is a law. So the easiest way to think about this is a vicious circle, a snake eating its own tail. It goes around and around and around. And the more you think of it, the worse you feel because it's self-perpetuating. That is law of attraction behaving completely unbiased because that is law of attraction working perfectly. And you're not resisting, you're just accepting the negative thoughts. So what if we could, so you could see it in action. So why don't you use it in a positive way versus like, I'm gonna wake up every day and I'm gonna think pure positive thoughts. I'm going to reprogram myself in terms of my thinking to be positive, to believe that life loves me, to believe that there's positivity coming towards me. I'm going to focus on the things that I want to have in my life. In terms of law of attraction, see it as if it is, because if you say, I want to have someone, I want to have someone, you're emphasizing the lack of someone. Okay. So you need to see yourself in that job. You need to see yourself with that person. You need to see yourself healthy. You need to see yourself in that moment. And that's why seeing it as a moment that is already true, constantly feeding that energy, and then also not trying to make it work. Just being in that surrender, knowing that it will come to you. And then it does. And that's why I always say you have proof in the pudding You've had experiences in your life where you can see this is how it happened. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so for the birth chart analysis mm -hmm. aspect, can you just run down a little bit about knowing what the time and date and place of your birth can tell you and how you do that? So I have a computer program that just brings up a wheel based on that and it shows you where all the planets are and so basically you've got a planet you have a sign and you have a house and so each of them have different meanings and the way they fall within of that have a, has, have, has a different interpretation and when you start to understand what each, each planet means when how they interact with one another you get more of a granular understanding of yourself uh, for example, my Mars, my warrior, my animus is in Pisces, which is like, I want to believe and just be here. And so I've had to learn that I'm a very strong doer, but I also have to be passive. Mm -hmm. And I have to honor that side of me that is seeking passivity and just that state of flowing and believing. So when I was living in Hong Kong, a city that I love deeply, I was pushing, I was going, I was pushing, I was going, and I got sick so often because my body just was like, this is too much. And so when I realized what all of this meant, I would go through the day and then go home and just lie down for like half an hour, 45 minutes. So we just once or twice a day, just to be passive, just to be in that state of neutrality, because that's what I really needed to be. And that's what I really love about astrology is because it tells you these very granular ways that you can understand yourself, your quirks, your nuances, how are things working for you? As I said to you, it's like for me, it takes a really long time for me to build something, but once I build it, it's built. Mm -hmm. And a, a tile work can come and it won't be destroyed. With other people who built really quickly when they were younger, theirs is gone. 
So that made me more at peace. And astrology, if anything, it gives people authority to be themselves. Um, we so often are told that's not okay, that's not how you should be, and this is not all right, and all these different things. And of course, sometimes that is true, but astrology shows us that inherent nature that you have. And what I really love about astrology is it gives you permission to be yourself. It gives you permission to feel the way you've actually always felt, where society said, no, you shouldn't be that way. That's what I really love about astrology. Um, people talk about there being, it seems really awful in the world right now, but also people working in the spiritual realm say, spiritual realm say they, they're seeing an awakening and that words become kind of loaded, but also more and more people turning to sort of their spiritual side. What's your take on that? Yes, I mean, as I said, the last five years have been really intense for the world. And if anything, if, if not now, when? It is, we live in such an Instagram world, everything's instant. We have Generation Z that doesn't know anything without technology, um, that you're not going to find a deeper spiritual resonance if you're on your phone, if you're on your mobile device, if you're always going through this. And that less and less we have the ability to connect with ourselves more than most, or with nature, or with the world that is beyond. Like one of my favorite metaphors is that when you've gone outside somewhere and you saw the night sky with no light pollution, and you could felt, feel that intensity push down upon you, and you felt, in, you felt tiny in terms of the greater cosmos, it's happening right now, you just can't see it. It is happening. There's just, it's sunny and there are clouds or there's whatever, but there's light pollution. You just don't see it, but it doesn't mean that energy goes away. And so the awakening in, in terms of my, uh, what I think is very much, it's us shifting into a higher way of thinking. We, we, things are speeding up. Things are moving a lot faster. And with that, the awakening, the, the seeking of truth, the seeking of meaning, the seeking of what is beyond this is also speeding up. I mean, if you look at the 1900s, 1800s, things are very slow. Look how fast we're moving. It's, 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 un, it's unprecedented. And so awakening is a thing. It's interesting to see where it will go. Um, but it is people are seeking something more than what is just is. Okay. From social media, but in a lot of this conversation, I feel like there's a light and dark energy mm -hmm. vampires and narcissists and, you know, oh, people who are having an awakening where do you situate yourself in this? There are people who take your energy and there are people who mm -hmm. give you energy. As a human trying to make your way through this and form some sort of framework, what's your advice? By angel vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Just this notion that some people aren't good or they aren't in their right space. I, I mean, I would say everyone is here to have a lesson and at the same time teach something. And Energy vampires, I don't have them anymore. Mm. Because I remember when I was younger, my energy was open enough that they could just come and hook it. Mm -hmm. And energy vampires don't care where they get their next hit from. They just want to hit. Yeah. They just want to take. And there's nothing wrong with them. They have had a wounding, they've had experiences that really make them that they need. And they're very unbiased from where they get this from. And the thing is, when your energy is open, you lack boundaries, you lack confidence, you're always saying yes, you're just being very open in this case, it's very easy for them to come and hook into you. And I remember I had an experience once and I was supposed to meet someone who I knew was an energy vampire. And I said yes, because at that point in my life, I just said yes to everything. 
and we were supposed to meet for breakfast the next day and after they had left I, I thought about it and as I was driving home and then I cancelled mm. and I never heard from them again because it was just such a moment where I sat there and I was like every time I meet them I'm exhausted like I just feel tired because they just drain and drain and drain and it was this moment where I just put up my boundary and I believed in myself and I loved myself enough to say this is not something that's going to happen and they just went somewhere off they went somewhere else to go get their, their, their next feed and it's not to say that they're bad people they serve a purpose because one could say they taught me a greater sense of self-love they taught me a greater way to appreciate myself they obviously have a, a much much greater wound because of their insecurity and what they need and this this need to take or etc so one could also try to strive to help them if they want to be helped but the lesson inside of that so i don't necessarily believe there are people that are born inherently bad I just believe we're all on a journey, on a cycle, and that maybe you do have a life where you are not the nicest person possible. But I do believe in reincarnation, and I believe that that cycle continues in a different way, that maybe you will then be someone who is then on the other side of the situation. But if anything, when we have people that are negative or that hurt us, etc., you have to look at it from a perspective that they are here to teach you something. So then always ask yourself, what is the lesson here that's for me to learn? Because there's always a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not obsessing over what. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the last question I'll ask you is last time I was here, you said something that really stuck with me because I was struggling when we had a, a session and you said, um, you're this big ball of light and you're being selfish. And when you said you're being selfish, what did you mean? And what can people take away from that? In my struggles, in my, uh, I have all this pain, I was being selfish. Well, the thing is, you're not sharing yourself with the world. You're not sharing what you have. And so we get caught up in the story. All that we do is tell stories. This, this, everything just means what we say that it means. I mean, if we were all to disappear and aliens will come to the planet, they're like, what are these things? What, what do they do? Like, everything is what we say it is because we say it is that way. And so when we are being selfish and are we lying to ourselves it means that we are not willing to step forward but because of the limitations we impose upon ourselves and I, I like how saying that we each have a glass ceiling we each have a glass ceiling that, we've, that has been imposed upon us by what we grew up with what we've learned what we've seen and that glass ceiling is the thing that holds us in place and so by saying that you're selfish is that you've really like made yourself so small because you feel that you are that small, when in truth that's not who you are. And so by reverse psychology, so I'm saying you're selfish. Yeah. You're not sharing that with the world. You're not sharing all the potential of what you can be. And that knowing you, that would be something that can kind of get you going because it makes you like, oh, but I don't want to be selfish <laughs> because you're not. But it's when it's, that's why it's reverse psychology. So by saying that, it makes you realize like, oh, am I really gonna be sitting here feeling sorry about myself? Am I really going to be like, oh, well, where's me the whole time? Or, or am I going to actively choose to do something about it? The thing is, whether you go see me, you see a psychologist or whatever other form of healer, the end of the day when it's 3 a.m. and you're alone in bed, who's gonna be there for you? And that's why this spending time with yourself, going inwards, connecting with the inner, your inner being, being at peace with your own inner being is the most important thing in all senses. Because as I said, when you are alone, 
Are you there for yourself? Are you caring for yourself? Are you loving yourself? Are you treating yourself as the most important person in this world? And 99% of the time, the answer is no. Okay. You said one last parting. You said one thing that I want to make like a last parting helpful hint for people. So many of us get into vicious cycles, rumination, mm -hmm. worry. How do you stop a vicious cycle? So my metaphor for a vicious, vicious cycle is it's imagining your shoelace got caught on the spoke of a bicycle and you're pedaling and you're pedaling and you know, I have to keep on going. Your foot's getting crushed and the bones are being mangled, but I have to keep on going. And that's what we do is that we say, I have to keep on thinking. I have to think about this, to think about it, to figure it out so that this thing that I don't like, that I'm thinking about will go away and then I won't feel as bad as what I feel. That's lovely, isn't it? Mm. So self-perpetuating and again that's how we know law of attraction works because it brings you more of it the only way out of the vicious circle is to leave it alone it's to when this is spiraling and spinning and you feel really bad thinking about it if it doesn't feel good then don't think about it and just go somewhere else the thing is inherently we all know sometimes you can go to sleep feeling really bad 95 percent of the time you wake up feeling a bit better there's always that 5% where you wake up feeling worse. But we always wake up feeling better than when we went to sleep. When we are sleeping, our conscious mind relaxes and our spirit, our soul, is always bringing us back to that place of, of resonance, of, of pure positive energy. Sometimes it's very strong and it can't get us exactly all the way back. And that's an example. You were not thinking about the thing that's vicious and circling. So when you wake up, you start thinking about it again and then you start feeling bad again. So the only way out of a vicious circle is leave it alone. The more you focus somewhere else, the momentum slows down because you're not feeding it. I mean, one of my favorite metaphors is there are two wolves caught in an eternal battle. Which one wins? The one you feed. So this, this is, and there we can't control what we feel. That's a fact, but you can control what you think. That is very, very helpful. So you can choose where you put your thoughts. Yeah. And, and that can shift how you feel. But we don't do that. We're like, oh, I'm thinking about this. And then you worry. And then you worry because you worry. And you worry because you worry because you worry. And there's a cycle that just keeps on going. Yeah. Even when you said, oh, I need to think about this. I need, I've actually caught myself being like, no, you need to think about this. This needs more thinking. That's yeah. crazy, right? So is it just a matter of being like, we're not thinking about this and just stopping it each That's time. the thing. It, 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 I mean, there's the metaphor that I told you about the man uh, fighting a bear that can read his mind. And so there's a man that's fighting a bear that can, that can is telepathic and can read his mind. And it doesn't matter how the man moves, the bear has always got the next move until one time today, the man just gives up and he won. Why? Because he wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> Amazing. And that's why they talk about be in the moment, just do. Of course, a lot of things do take forward thinking, etc. But it's when we spend so much time thinking about it and we make it into such a big deal. It takes the same amount of energy to create a chocolate bar as well as to create a diamond. We have added so much story to this. But if you want to be like the man fighting the bear and you just do it. It's the same as swimming. Just suddenly one day you're doing it, riding a bike. Suddenly you're just doing it. Do you re re how much do you think to ride a bike until just suddenly it happens? Yeah. yeah. It's just, you just get it suddenly. And that's true with all these different things. But the biggest part to leave everyone is the vicious circle is that just step away from it. Because if you're gonna, 
if there's a buffet of food that's going to give you diarrhea and you keep on eating it, well, why? <laughs> no, but I have to eat this. But why? Because I have to. But why? <laughs> and I'm just as guilty of this as everyone else. I'm only human. But I've learned also, okay, I need, I, this is not leading anywhere. I put my attention somewhere else. Put my attention somewhere else. So I would say I have stronger muscles in disengaging, but it doesn't mean I don't have them. Okay, that's wonderful, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast. Mm-hmm.